a world filled with fast-paced living and constant demands on the aging body, it's easy to forget some of the simplest yet most essential elements of our well-being, hydration and nutrients. As you know, when I'm not in the studio recording a podcast or in the gym or out in the scrub hunting, putting rounds downrange, I'm somewhere in the world on a security gig, putting in the hard yards, ending up on TikTok. So legends that get some, keep me advancing forward, Jocko Fuel Supplements. More specifically, I've been smashing the Jocko Hydrate Sachets, which helps me replenish my electrolytes and other critical vitamins while boosting energy and supporting recovery. Also, just like my kids, my appetite for veggies goes as far as hot chips from the kernel. However, every morning I'll mix a scoop of Jocko Greens, Jocko Creatine into water, which helps me supplement my lack of and delivers all the nutrients for better gut health, immune support, cognitive function, and physical performance. And not to mention, tastes bloody good. So head over to www.getsome.com.au and use the code Zero Limits all in caps for a discount. I'll leave you with this for the day. Hard work, clean fuel, stronger, faster, smarter, better. Let's go. You're listening to a Zero Limits podcast brought to you by Ironlead Cartel for all your fitness and streetwear apparel and health supplements. Hosted by Australian veterans, Matt and Shane, we're here to give you the motivation for you to complete any goal you set your mind to. On these podcasts, we're going to be speaking to high-charging people with the Zero Limit mindset that never say no. Let's go. All right, guys, on uh, today's Zero Limits podcast, we are speaking to another US Marine. Um, we've spoken to one or two before. Uh, definitely one was uh, Joseph Carfarelli, the Boston uh, SWAT, yes, uh, SWAT guy that took down the Boston bomber. That was fucking sick. Bo- Boston. Boston. Cop of coffee. Cop of coffee. Um, yeah, today we've got uh, Sergeant John Peck. He's now retired. Um, from what we know, he was a US Marine, did a tour in Iraq and Afghanistan. Yeah. And if you don't know who John Peck is, he actually, you know, from what we know, obviously from his pictures and, you know, videos I've seen on YouTube, he was a quad amputee. He lost both legs. Both um, legs, both arms, and and threw threw an ID in Afghanistan. Yeah, and then he um, got donated two arms, um, and now they're – I wouldn't say the yeah. fully functional arms, but the, but their arms on him and they seem to work. Yeah, so. I've read a little bit into him. He's you know he went down the you know rabbit hole of uh, suicide and stuff, and he yeah. spoke about it live on uh, on a YouTube documentary I was watching. So yeah. let's just get into it. And let's see what he's got to say. Let's go. Listeners, on today's Zero Limits podcast, we have uh, another U.S. Marine. Uh, this uh, U.S. Marine, his name is uh, Sergeant John Peck, uh, now retired. He was involved in uh, two uh, IED incidences in uh, Afghanistan. The first one left him with uh, TBI, yep. a traumatic uh, brain injury, and the second one uh, was even more devastating, which, um, you know, lifelong injuries. You know, he became a quad amputee, which is just like out of this world, yes. and, um, and you know, even his story to now of um, he's got functioning limbs again. So yeah, it's um, so that story. Uh, we're about to hear it. Yeah. So uh, welcome, John. How are you, mate? How you going, buddy? I'm doing pretty well. Thanks for having me, guys. I really appreciate. No, nah, mate. It. We we appreciate your time. Uh, your time is valuable, and we're here to share your story, man. Like it's uh, yeah. So let's just start straight from the start. Hit us up. Where did you grow up? So I grew up in, uh, you know, I just tell people I like, I grew up in Illinois and everything. So I grew up in the, uh, Midwest of the United States and everything. Um, 
kind of like where, you know, we kind of grow our corn and everything. <laughs> yeah. It's, I, I guess I have to kind of like break things down like Barney style for, you know, the foreigners and everything. Yeah. So like I was that guy that was wearing like shorts in the middle of the winter. Yeah. Uh, people would look at me like I'm some kind of weirdo. Um, I mean, I was, I was an awkward child. Uh, I was that, you know, like, I think I had a growth spurt and I think I was already like six foot before, like probably like 14 or something like that. Fucking hell. Yeah, right? I, was, I was lengthy too. <laughs> yeah. Like, I didn't get that bill, that military build, of course, until the military, um, you know, raised by a single parent and everything like that. So, you know how that is kind of like anger issues and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, played some football and then, uh, <laughs> Like I said, awkward. Uh, went in, went into choir. I played violin for a <laughs> really? little bit. Yeah, right. Uh, played tennis for a little bit. Played baseball for a little bit. Actually, I think I played more baseball than anything. Yeah, right. Um, yeah, I was all over the place with sports and extracurricular activities. How were you at school? Um, I was uh, I was great with math, uh, English. Uh-uh. Yeah. Not my uh, not my forte. Yeah. Um, physical ed. Yeah. Uh, typical Marine. I was, uh, <laughs> I was great at that. At, uh, we actually had an advanced, uh, physical ed program at my uh, last, uh, high school. And I was in that, of course. Uh, I think that's actually where I started to become, you know, more physically fit. Yep. Yep. Uh, uh, science. Eh. Um, but, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a little bit older, so, you know, this is one thing that I think, uh, us Americans, we really need is like, we used to have a, uh, I forget what it's called. Oh, home X. And like, we used to teach our younger, like our, our kids, like how to like, sew buttons and how to like cook for themselves and yeah, right, okay. you know how to balance a checkbook and, you know, basically how to do things. Like, I feel like we kind of miss that. I mean, yeah, you don't need to know how to balance a check. Well, balance a checkbook is kind of important. Yeah. But like, you know, how to change a tire and stuff like that. I feel like we, we kind of need to have that stuff back out there. Yeah. We got rid of that program. Yeah, mate. I don't think that'll have happened with this PC culture we're in these days. No. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's not even PC. It's just like some of these kids, like I could hand them a manual can opener in there, can opener in there and just be like, <laughs> like, Bro, where, where's the electric uh, can opener, bro? <laughs> that, that is true. Right? And I, I'd be like, all right, man, here's my K bar. And they'd be like, bro, I'm just kind of grub hobbit. I'd be like, all right, get, get, get the fuck out of my kitchen. And it's just like, I, I feel so bad because some of these people are like, well, if technology goes down, we're all screwed. I'm like, I'm, I'm kind of screwed in a way because the first thing I would have to do is probably amputate my arms. I would need a doctor. Yeah. And then I would have to cauterize my arms, but I know how to create a gypsy. Well, I know how to create snares. (laughs) Y'all are screwed. (laughs) I might be all right. Yeah. I'm just like, y'all are screwed. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, But yeah, after, after high school, I started working, I went like, or I was working during high school as like a shift manager at McDonald's. And I kind of got sick and tired of uh, not listening to my parents, like whole, like you must be home. 
like at 10 o'clock, even though I was like 18. Yeah. <laughs> I, I lived in my car with a, a small little dog. And, uh, when I turned 18, I got an apartment with my buddy and I, I started working two, you know, two jobs and uh, I wasn't really doing much. So, uh, I was starting to go into debt and I was like, screw this shit. And, um, you know, I had family history in the military. My uncle was a Marine. Yep. My mom was in the army and my dad was, uh, in the Marines. And I was like, all right. So I basically jumped branch from branch to branch to branch. And, uh, the first thing I said, I was like, I wanted to be a fighter pilot. Yep. And, uh, there's this trick and you know, everybody like loves to comment on the documentary. There was this trick that the, that the recruiters like the poll that if that job has too many or like they can't fill like that job or if there's no available slots for that job or that MOS, they won't even talk to you. Like they'll say, Hey, you know, you don't meet the requirements or, you know, some bullshit excuse. So like I went to the air force. I'm like, Hey, I want to be a fighter pilot. Mm. And they're like, uh, six foot, six foot one. They're like, Oh, you're too tall. And I was like, all right, about face right out of the air force. Recruiter. And they're like, Whoa, <laughs> I didn't even give them a second thought. Uh, I went into the army recruiter. I'm like, I want to be a fighter pilot. Same thing. You're too tall. I was like, all right, bye. Walked yeah. right out. Uh, I had a meeting with the uh, Navy recruiter and wait outside his office. And, uh, he uh, didn't show up and the Marine recruiter was right next door. And he was just like, you know, you here looking for the Navy recruiter. I'm like, yep. And uh, you know, he pulled me into his office and everything. And he was just like, all right, you know, what do you want to do? And I started talking to him. He's like, all right, you know, it might be a little tight and everything. We started talking, started signing me, you know, he kind of talked me into the Marines and everything. He's like, uh, I started doing the ASVAP and I, you know, I can't remember what I got. I did a lot. I can't, I think I did the paper version. Um, and, uh, I started doing the physical and then some like E8 or something like that yep. came out. I think it was a master gunnery sergeant or something like that. I can't remember, uh, or ma- master gunnery sergeant, master sergeant came out and, um, he was like, uh, how many pull-ups can you do? And I was like, I can do 12. And I was so proud of my little self. I'm like, I can do 12. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, 20 is the, uh, is the max for Marines. Yeah. Like you can, I mean, you can do more than 20, but if you can do, you know, 20, that's like perfect. Like that's, that's a perfect score. And I, I, he's like, all right, show me real quick. And I did, you know, did 12 and they were so horrible and, you know, not up to ring four part <laughs> regs and everything. I'm, I'm sitting here like kipping my little legs and everything and doing bicycles and just doing all the stupid shit. And he's like, you'd be great in the infantry. I'm like, Sign me up. <laughs> Signed up to be a bullet sponge and uh yep. <laughs> a bullet sponge. <laughs> yep. That's uh that's why I decided to be. I was like, all right, cool. So I uh I think I signed the contract, uh, believe it or not, on um I think I actually signed I think I signed the contract on like September twelfth of uh of uh two thousand five. Yeah, right. Um, how did you how did you find uh when you got posted into training. How did, how did you go? Uh, just so basically what happens is you basically just get like your orders right there. And then it's like, Hey, uh, it's just, you know, report. It's just kind of like, <clears throat> it's kind of like just, you know, report to this location at this time and just be prepared, you know, 
That's really it. And it was like, uh, so they had already arranged for my travel and everything. They had, you know, my ticket ready and um, just little recruit peck ready to go. Yeah. (laughs) Blown out to California and just, I had already shaved my head and, you know, everything like that and all ready to go and went off to Marine Corps boot camp. Yeah, right. How did you, how'd you find uh, Marine Corps? The, the boot camp was it was it tough or were you were you ready for it i was ready for it because i think that like the it i think it took me about a month to kind of break down the fact that it was like more of like a mind game with the marines yeah and i don't know about you guys but like no matter how well you did you never met their expectations yeah and i i feel like at one point it was like all right I can play your game. Yeah, that's it. It's just like, it's like, all right, cool. Like you're just making me stronger. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, I went into like, I went to boot camp like 160 pounds and I don't know what I wasn't, I wasn't fat. Like, that's the thing. I wasn't fat, but I came out and it was just like, it was just like, where did all that go? And I lost like 20 pounds and yeah. I was like 140 pounds or something Fuck like that. I'm just like, and at one point I think I got like double rations and everything. Cause they were like, again, six foot, six foot tall, like, yeah, six one. And it was just like, where the, f- where's all this like weight? And I'm just like, eh, I don't know. <laughs> like you guys, maybe you're like, eh. <laughs> how, um, John, how long was your training? Uh, boot camp for us was three months. And then, so for the Marines, what we have is like, we have boot camp and then, we have what's called um, school of infantry. Yeah. So for us, since I'm infantry, uh, I think I think infantry or school of infantry was another month and a half or something like that. I can't remember. Again, this was like 16 years ago. Yeah, yeah. So um, if you had like another job besides infantry you would go to something else. I think it was like MCT or something like that. But basically you would get like, it was like a basic, it was like a basic infantry course or something like that. It was like how to move as a squad and how to like, it was just because the whole, like every Marine is an infantry man or something like that. It's another one of our little slogans and everything like that. So they basically teach you on how to, you know, maneuver and, how to like engage the enemy and close in and everything like that. But so like, again, at, if you weren't infantry, you would go from Marine Corps boot camp to MCT. But then after you graduate from MCT, you would go to your actual like job, like your actual job training. Yeah. Gotcha. So like if you were a firefighter, you would go to your firefighter. Yeah. Specific training. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, but then after SOI, I went basically to my unit and it was just like, welcome to the fleet. Yeah, right. And what, what, what year was that, 2006? Uh, yeah, it was, uh, that was 2006. And it was just like, um, yeah, yeah, it was, yeah. How, how did you find it when you, once you got posted to your unit? Did you feel like a Marine? Because like, it's pretty pretty prestigious being a Marine, especially the uniform. No, <laughs> I mean the, 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 oh, no. the the dress blues. Um, they're pretty snazzy. They're pretty snazzy. I as as like the so I've actually been so 
December, I've actually uh, been eating right. And then I've been working out. And so I've lost my dietitian has first off my dietitian took away carbs. And now she's like, you must start eating. She's like, now you've got to actually start eating carbs again. Yeah, right. Um, But since December, I've gone and I lost, I think, like nearly 35 pounds or something like that. Yeah. And so I'm actually going to, I'm going to be turning 36 here in the next month or so. Yeah. So I'm actually going to be busting out my dress blues here shortly. Yeah, right. And so like our dress blues, we have to wear a white t-shirt underneath it. So I'm actually going to put on my dress blues and instead of the white t-shirt, there's going to be two photos, but I'm going to, you know, be wearing my dress blues just like normal. I of course have to get a shave and a haircut, but yeah. like make it in regs. <laughs> Bernie, just, you know, first photo, just regular, regular photo, just being wearing my dress blues, but underneath the second photo, I'm going to be ripping off the dress blues and like having like the Superman, like yeah, t-shirt on underneath. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to be prepared for that one. <laughs> Um, but yeah, as far as, uh, the dress blues, um, they are, um, how do I properly put this? Um, they are the, uh, they are the panty dropper uniforms. I would say. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. They look, as I said, they look snazzy. They, they look just look good. I, uh. Where I was from in in Illinois in the Midwest, there was uh, there was a naval base basically thirty minutes away, and all of these Navy recruits, cadets, whatever. I I, I don't even, I don't even think they were recruits. I think they have already graduated boot camp. So basically, they were like they were like in their SOI. They were in their training. So each weekend they would go to the mall, right? where I used to work my second job before I went to the Marines. And every single weekend you would see them wearing their white uniform with their like two little ribbons and just like, look at me. I'm so cute. (laughs) And I, I took off before I went to the fleet. I was like, Hey, I need to go home for like three days or something like that. I was like, all right. All right. I see you guys. Yeah. I was like, you know what? I'm going to be that guy. And I put on my dress blues and I gave zero, zero shits. Yeah. Zero. Wait, wait, am I allowed to swear? Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. (laughs) Zero fucks. (laughs) And I like did not give a fuck. And I know for sure there were women, there were female uh, there were female <laughs> Navy people there, and I know for sure that I saw those female like cadets just go, "What the?" <laughs> and I'm just like, "Yep, yep, yep, yep," because you don't see Marines in where I was from. Yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> so. Um- you get to your unit, you continue to do a bit of training, et cetera, throughout 2006, and then 2007, uh, 2007 you deploy first first rotation to Iraq. Iraq, uh, Iraq was my first um, deployment, and, yeah, that was um, that was uh, 2007. Yeah, and, and uh, what was the role there? 
What was that? What was your role in uh, Iraq? Was it Baghdad? Uh, no. So we were actually in um, Al Anbar. Oh, yep, yep. Gotcha. Gotcha. How'd you find that uh, deployment? Oh, that was just peachy. I love that place. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, mate. I've, I've spent a bit of time there. How long did you spend? Was it a, like a one-year deployment or? No. Uh, our deployments are like usually around uh, seven around seven months, but we actually took what's called the MEW. So it's a Marine Expeditionary Unit. And uh, so we left on ships, on naval ships from San Diego down to, um, and then we took, our, we took ships from, uh, where'd we go? I think we went to Guam, Singapore. And then from there, we went to Kuwait. Yeah, gotcha. And then, yeah, we landed in Kuwait. And then, yeah, we basically drove to Al-Anbar. Yeah. Fuck, that's a long drive, isn't it? Yeah. I can't remember the the time that it took us to get there. Yeah. And then, obviously, in 2007, that's, you know, at the height of the, you know. Iraq was Yeah, height of Iraq really was pumping at that stage and uh, Mm -hmm. crazy place. Is this where Uh, you encountered your first IED? Yeah, so this was, uh, yeah, so I was only there for about, I think maybe about um, a month, maybe a month and a half. I wouldn't say any more than that. And uh, we had actually, we expanded our area of operation and um, we had traveled outside of our area of operation just a little bit because we had found a cache of homemade explosives and we had called our, um, what's it called? EOD, yeah. uh, Explosive Ordnance Disposal um, Unit. So we had called them in. They had, you know, set, did their shit. They had, you know, did, uh, what's it called? They blew the shit up. Yeah. <laughs> I forget the tactical term. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, my terminology is old. I can't remember. Yeah, the I'm the same, mate. There was only one road to and from our base where we were, where we were. So when we closed up or when EOD head back, headed back to the base, uh, I'm pretty sure, you know, they were watching us and they knew that we were still there. So they had time to set up this, this IED. And um, so we closed up our security circle and, you know, closed everything up. And I was in the lead vehicle up on the 240 machine gun. And as we were heading back, it was already nighttime. We had our, you know, night vision goggles on and our vehicle ran over this pressure plate IED. And I'm not sure if I came like hit my head on the 240 or my Kevlar did, but like I hit something on the 240 and it caused like a tear in my frontal lobe. Yep. Um, so like I climbed over the machine gun and hopped on the hood of our, what's called our seven ton. I don't know if you guys have those. Yeah. I know we told Okay. About. So from there, which is a big no, no, should have not been doing this. I should have hopped into the cab, not hopped onto the hood. I immediately jumped on the ground again, big no, no. And just started walking around and like started like asking where my Zoom was and like not giving like two shits, worried about secondary IDs or daisy chains, like, yeah. you know, like nothing, just la la. 
And it's just like, I, I mean, like, seriously, like count, like, I don't know, like count, like, I don't know, like just ain't like angel guardian angel. Like, thankfully there was no, like nothing else that was set up. Yeah. Well, you know, obviously there's always that secondary that they set up. Yeah. So, um, medic came over, you know, did a basic screening on me, my vehicle commander, my driver, me and my driver had a concussion, severe concussion. Vehicle commander had a mild concussion. We got sent off. And after, you know, we got sent off, they were like, hey, you know, they're going to have to, like, get sent for more extensive testing and everything. And they found the tear and they're like, yo, his memory's bad. And they were like, you know, they gave me, like, all these words to remember. And, like, by the time I, they got to the last word, they're like, all right, repeat those six words. And they're like, John. And I'm just sitting there. I'm like, Mrah. yeah, right. I couldn't even remember my name or anything. They're like, okay, like the adrenaline, the adrenaline had kicked off, and it was just like really bad at that point. Yeah. So you, you get back to the US. How long is your rehab for your brain injury? It was about two years or something like that. Fuck. And how did, did like how did your brain recover? Did it recover in a way, or was you know obviously there's still damage, but you have to have, have to. Learn again. Damage. It's like it's like I have more like long term memory loss. It's more of like more of like childhood memory. Yeah. Um, I still have vocabulary recall issues. Yeah, gotcha. So it's kind of it's like I can't. There's times where like I either won't be able to say a word or like I can tell you the word I want to say and I can tell you like how to say like how to spell it and I'll be like something like uh, I think that I think I'm explaining it correctly yeah, yeah. yeah no you did yeah yeah sorry you're right <laughs> no you're right mate you're right so yeah there's like either like i i can't physically say the word um but <laughs> and then then there's times where it's just like okay so this is the word i want to use so uh, but i can't tell you the word yeah so like there's times where like i have to become like a thesaurus and stuff like that but yeah um like for instance i was married and i forgot who she was and everything yep uh, so she had to drive me around to all like my appointments because I couldn't drive. I forgot how to drive. Um, wow. so like there, there's just a lot of stuff that happened. Uh, unfortunately we, we got divorced because like, I forgot why I loved her. Yeah. Uh, even like to this day, I still call her like she was a saint during that whole process. And I felt so bad for her, but, um, like, uh, I know that she's like happy now. I think she has like two kids yep. or something like that with a guy that she actually met through. I think she actually met him through me. The dude helped us move and everything. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, that's kind of cool though. Yeah. That's why I'm, that's why I'm so ha- like, I'm so happy about that. Yeah. No, that's so, good. I don't and, hold like a lot of like harsh shit in. Yeah. No, good, mate. Good. Um, so 2009, you're, you know, Somewhat recovered from your TBI. <laughs> Somewhat. <laughs> yeah, from your TBI. And then uh, you deploy to Afghanistan. Yep. Totally. Oh, and I got remarried again because this will play an important okay. role. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. You're not – yeah, it's it's like a culture thing. Uh, U.S. military and getting married, yep. Yeah. Um, pretty, pretty sure it's the it's, same, same here yeah, as well. Yeah, same as Australian military, mate. I've got – yeah, I've got plenty of kids out there. <laughs> 
I don't have any kids yet, but like, it, I think it's like a, I think it's a, it's definitely a cultural thing. Yeah, it is. I, I, th- I think it's to do with the, like, the job and you're always away and you get home and it's just like, I don't know. You try to be normal. You try to be normal and you just, you, you think you'll be like the boys again. And yeah. The way you act and the way, I know that happened to me. So, but anyway, yeah. Um, yeah. So this time, so yeah, I had to actually re-enlist and everything, which took a lot. Like I had to oh, did you? Yeah. So like my four year, con- like, so for the U S like we only actually have a four year contract. I don't know about you guys. Yeah. Same four years. Oh, okay, cool. So like for me and everything, it was like reenlist and everything. I basically, you know, I had to get on my knees and like, oh, oh, uh, the doctor. <laughs> uh, maybe do like a little bit of a reach around with the, like the ball. <laughs> um, um, about ready to have some, a welcomed visitor. Oh, hello. Hello pussy. What's his name or her name? Apollo. Apollo, yeah. Apollo Creed. Apollo Creed. Is is it black? No, it's only gray. He's gray. Okay. Now he is what is Apollo? Is Apollo he's the god of something. Apollo is the box boxer in Rocky. <laughs> <laughs> now we're talking about the god of hey Google. Oh. Apollo is the god of what? Space. No, it's going off on fucking stupid Google thing. It's going off in the other <laughs> yeah. room. Anyway. I was thinking of Apollo Creed. <laughs> Apollo, yeah. Um, so, yeah, you had to re-enlist. So you had to go through, like, your chin-ups again or, like, your medicals and your or your phys- yeah. physical tests. So, like, <laughs> um, <laughs> hi, buddy. Uh, so, yeah, I had to, like, go through all that stuff and everything, and they let me re-enlist and everything. And it was just, I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't too much, but it was just kind of like uphill a little bit for everything. And it was just a lot. It was like a little bit of a process, but yeah. So in 2007, we went to uh helmet province, Afghanistan and yep. everything. And that was just, it was just a different environment. It is, it isn't just, it? Yeah. I've been to both as well. And yeah, one, one was, country is, you know, built up and then one is just like biblical. Mud huts and yeah. Toyota Hiluxes. That's about it. <laughs> it's just like even like the culture is different. Like they were allowed to have pets in Afghanistan, but in Iraq it was like Yeah. It was just like they hated the dogs there. In Afghanistan it was like don't even talk to the women. Wait. Yeah. Was Afghanistan was it don't talk to the women? Yeah, yeah, it's Afghanistan. Yeah. Yeah. In Iraq it was like try not to talk to the women. Yeah. But if you need to, you can, yeah. it, it was just like, holy shit. Like it was just like so bad. Yeah. That's it. And obviously a total different war too. So a different, different, yeah. different enemy. Oh yeah. Um, but yeah, so one day we were, we were conducting a dismounted patrol, no vehicles, nothing like that. And we had come to, we were in this like village and so like as you know like their their compounds as we call them their houses really their houses are different and I, I mean this is i'm gonna break this shit down for like your viewers yeah of course when we call like compounds it's really their houses and it's not like i don't know how it is over there in aussie land but like or, you know, like here in America, but like when you want to go from like room to room, it's all connected via hallway. But like over there, if you want to go from like your bedroom to your kitchen, it's like you have to literally go in most of these places outside and mm. go like it's in a courtyard and then go into the next room. Oh, okay. I, I mean, you. if 
you have, if you're rich, you may have like a two level fucking place or a three level place, but you're usually rich. Yeah. You're usually doing very well. Uh, But so we were almost done. And then all of a sudden we saw this very last place, but it was weird because there was nobody around it. There were no kids. Yeah. Nothing. Telltale songs. And we had to get permission to go up to this place, which as like you guys know, if nobody's around it, no kids are playing around it. It's like, there's going to be bang. Buku bad vibes. Yeah. Like stay the fuck away. Yep. Um, maybe like, you know, spidey senses are like, what the fuck? Yeah. So I'm up, up front with the mind detector, you know, Oh, you know, Oh joy. Um, Hang on, John. And who who decides who gets to sweep? Does like like Nate? I actually signed hand? up for it. Okay, righto. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> right on. <laughs> um, so like uh, so like their their walls are made out of mud and like sticks and clay and other shit that they can find, but then their doors are made out of metal. So mm. uh, and their gates. And then I swept up as close as I could do as close as I could get. We don't, we don't stack on the walls over there because one of the things that they like to do and they learned about us is mm. we press up against the walls. So they start placing IEDs in the walls and also bullets can ricochet off walls too. So, which sounds weird, but it, they can. Um, so yeah. Uh, once I got up to the gate, metal detector went off. I knew it was the metal detector. Cool. Great. Uh, I went in. Big, big, big freaking, you know, again, guy with six foot tall arms, big wide arch. You know, I took one or a half a step arch, took another half a step arch. I mean, I'm, I'm going slow. I am not rushing this shit. Um, and as I'm sweeping, the guys are like, you know, staying far enough behind me that they're not like, you know, making sure that if I get fucked up, they're going to receive shrapnel. Mm. So, um, as I walk in or as I clear up to each room, they go in, everything's looking good. Um, two guys, however, find some batteries, find some wires. And that's when, you know, every, you know, spider senses are really bad now. So everything's good. I go to the bathroom area cause they think Americans are too clean and proper and bullshit and, uh, everything's fine. I go to the three foot tall storage unit. Everything's still fine. And it's just like nothing's to be found except for that battery and wire and like, all right, whatever. So I go to tell my sergeant, like, hey, sergeant, I'm going to go, you know, hold security outside. I go to turn around and I take a step forward with my left foot. And it's like, ah, fuck. It's like I found another ID. And uh, next thing I know, I'm being plopped through the air and everything. I'm like, I feel like my foot fucking pops me in the face like just knocks me right in the fucking head and everything. It's just like, well, way to go, jackass. You found another one. Um, Like apparently like my sergeant like starts screaming out names and everything. Like everybody answers. And then he finally gets to me. He's like Peck. And the the dude was deaf. He couldn't hear because of concussion. But like the next thing is like you hear is like Peck. And he's like, and like, that's when they knew it was like, oh shit, it's Peck. Yeah. So they rush up to my sergeant and they tell him to stop and everything. Uh, people start rushing to the, like to the hole and everything. 
they found out that it was like two, two different caches of 15 pounds of homemade explosives. So 30 pounds of homemade explosive. I'm, I actually YouTubed a video of it. I'm like, I shouldn't be alive. That's a big bang. Yeah. It's huge. I should be dead. Yeah. (laughs) Um, non-metallic materials were used. That's why I didn't find it. Um, so immediately I was a triple amputee. My right arm was amputated just uh, below the elbow. Both my legs were amputated, uh, right above the knees. And then my left arm was barely there and it's had what's called a degloving incident. So the skin was just like hanging there. Yeah. Yeah. Nah. Um, yeah. Pretty gnarly shit. Uh, the corpsman had to do uh, intravenous, I think it's called, or yep. IV. Into the bone? No. Intravenous is IV. Yeah. Uh, it's where they have to do the IV in the bone marrow. Yeah. So it's like, again, if if they have to do that, it's like... Um, You're in a bad way. Everybody say your prayers kind of shit. Yeah. So, uh, so when yeah. the, when the, um, the explosion happened, John, um, what... What happened? Obviously, they didn't rush in. They had to sort of like just make sure there was wasn't a secondary attack. Or oh, it, some or, guys just said fuck it. They didn't yeah. even care. Like uh, Johnson, one of my lens corporals, he like I was a corporal, but he, like I I kind of bonded with like a lot of my guys. Um, Lance Corporal Johnson, he said he just rushed in. So did my sort of one of my corpsmen. They both rushed in. They said fuck it. Yeah, and then they just um, first aid or bandage up and calling the helo. Yeah, they, a lot of guys, as they were going out to call for the Kazavac, so we all carry a, a tourniquet on, uh, we have these straps right here on our shoulders. Yeah. They just started throwing tourniquets. They just started lobbing tourniquets at me. Yeah. Because only so many hands can be working on a guy at the same time. Apparently, it what I was told was about four guys uh, carried me out, and at one point I was dropped. Yeah, right. Again, this is what I was told, but not, and like, everyone's like, well, like, how can they drop you? And it's just like, you got to understand, first off, blood, it, 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 it's, it's a lubricant. It's, it's not like, it, I mean, it's not going to be sticky. Yeah. It's not like, it's not glue. Um, second off, I'm heavy as fuck. Yeah. What are you going to grab onto? Exactly. Yeah. Uh, you're going to grab onto my leg. Yeah. Like, First off, when you go to carry a guy, you usually grab their knees. Yeah. Like, think about how yeah, you exactly. carry a person. You usually yeah. grab underneath their knee. Yeah, yeah. Hi, Bubba. Like, and the whole you know, time, John, you were you were conscious or you're unconscious. I went in and out of consciousness. Like, okay. I was like, I I know that I was like telling the guys like I don't want to fucking die here. I don't want to die yeah. here. Uh, at one point, I made my lieutenant or one of my guys like make my, make them check my family jewels and. Um, <laughs> Yeah, right. made them check my oil and shit like that. <laughs> um, I told them to take the tourniquets off and I got slapped for that shit. And they told me to stop being a bitch. Yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, I was in and out of consciousness. Yeah. yeah. So obviously, yeah, you won't remember anything, but obviously you were picked up by Hilo and uh, flown to Germany. Oh, flown uh, to yeah, somewhere in Afghanistan, to, Bagram. I don't know my flight path. So. I do know that I made a emergency landing in Newfoundland and then a emergency landing in Canada. And then I eventually arrived in um, Walter Reed National Military Medical Center. Yeah. So, so you got, got, got flown line home, not straight to uh, Germany. Wow. Yeah. Oh, ah, that's, that's, okay. uh, that's probably a better thing, isn't it? Oh, I guess you. Yeah. No. Nah. <laughs> Don't worry. You. 
Uh, that's his, uh, for the listeners, that's his cat in the background. Yeah. He's, he's not talking gibberish to us. <laughs> um, yeah, so ha- like, uh, you know, I guess you're in an induced coma at that stage. Um, oh, yeah. How long were you in an induced coma for? Uh, for about three months or so. Wow. Three yeah, months. Yeah, about three months or Fuck. so. And do you remember when you first woke up or around that date? I don't remember the exact date, unfortunately. Yeah. I know I was, I know that I was awake before my birthday. It was around, so I was, like I said, I got injured May 24th, 2010. And then um, I would say, I would say probably like May, I would, not May, I would say probably like August. I don't know. Like, I would, I can't really say an exact date, unfortunately. Yeah, that, that's all right. Yeah. But um, like, do you remember when you waking up? Yeah, waking up, like coming, coming to, and just your first thoughts. Your first thoughts. It was more of like just like, eh. Uh, there was a lot of, you know, it was, it was, it wasn't really like. Uh, it's not really that traumatic, to be honest. It wasn't yeah, like, oh, okay. woe is me. Like I'm gonna break down crying and shit. You just uh, sort of like accepted the fact that it's, it's happened. It's yeah, crazy. I mean, it's just kind of like one of those things. It's just, I mean, what? they're. Pro- yeah, there's not much you can do. Really? They're, they're, it was just one of those things like, hi, buddy. It was just one of those, <laughs> bah, bah. It was just one of the, one of those things that it's just like, uh, it's just like there's not that much you can do. Plus, I kind of got like a warning about it um, when I was sleeping. Yep. Uh, from my uncle that died like two days before I left for Afghanistan. Yeah, right. Now I'm getting spiritual here on this uh, podcast, but like, yeah, he kind of warned me about this shit. Uh, not going to get into that. Yeah. Uh, but um, so I, I can't remember my exact reaction, but like, I didn't, I know I didn't break down like, eh, like crying or anything like that. Yeah. I know that that wasn't my reaction. I know if anything, I was probably sad, but it wasn't like going to like cry or anything. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I can tell you, and the reason why I said that I was married was because it, this on top of my injury kind of compounded. I found out that while I was sleeping, she tried, I, I caught a flesh eating fungus, which actually, which actually ate my left or So you know how in your, Fuck. in your bicep, you have, uh, two, two heads, right? Yeah. You have two heads in your bicep, hence by, yeah. um, it ate one of the heads in my bicep and then, uh, I'm sorry. I, I caught a flesh eating fungus, which ate one of the heads in my bicep. And then it ate the first layer of my abdominal muscle. And then it ate the, all of my left leg. And that was so, from Afghanistan or that was from hospital germs. Afghanistan. Afghan. And, and there's a, there's a fungus in their soil. Fuck. I didn't know that. Neither did I. Yeah. That's oh, fucking yeah. wild. Yeah. Right. Fuck, yeah. Uh, Thanks for telling me now. <laughs> <laughs> so at one point she uh, tried pulling the life support plug on me and uh, uh, there was a lot of other stuff. She went on retail shopping, spent like $30,000 oh, and like fuck. Uh, she like found out that she was like sexting a new boyfriend, oh, no. like literally feet away from my hospital bed. So like this on top of this, like compounded and it kind of sent me into a dark spot. Um, so, uh, and then she left me because she told me that she wanted to do a semester of school back in California on the West coast, um, while I was in the hospital and just, we eventually got divorced because of it. So there's just a lot of issues and stuff like that. Um, yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. So it's just, it's like all this stuff, like, kind of sent me into a very, like, suicidal dark spot and everything like that. Of course, yeah. Uh, which, believe it or not, as a guy for without arms and legs, you're kind of like, well, how do you do this? And, like, how do you pick up a gun? It, like, or, like, you know, how's a guy without legs and arms, you know, tie a noose? But, like, I actually was going to throw myself down a fly stairs. And yeah. if that didn't do it, uh, or if, you know, that didn't break my neck, like the 350 pound wheelchair that I ride around in, uh, would have finished the job. Yeah. So, uh, Fuck yeah, hell. I had devised a, uh, de- devilish, devilish, devious. Yeah. Devious. Devious. Yeah. Devious is good. Devious um, plan. So yeah, I, uh, I, uh, I was suicidal at one point after my injury. And, uh, I, I think, uh, one day I finally came out of it because I, uh, I was basically sitting at my window. I uh, saw a uh, triple amputee and I thought he was going to go play in traffic. And when I mean, when I say that, I mean like go jump in front of a bus. Yeah. And uh, he went to go walk in front of traffic. And all of a sudden this little girl comes and grabs his hand and uh, all of a sudden a, a lady comes and grabs his other hand. And I'm like, Oh, you know, if this dude can have love, you know, you know, why can't I? Yeah. So like the next day, you know, I kind of start to go and like open up with like my physical therapist and stuff like that. And I, I kind of turn into the person that you see today. Yeah. Oh, nice, man. I love that. Like, don't get me wrong though. Like deep down, like there's still like those abandonment issues and stuff like that. But like, uh, you know, like I'm pretty sure you guys have, heard this before, like people have a tendency to swallow their demons. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I do too, but I, I, I more like swallow them until I'm more into like a stable area. And when I mean stable area, I mean more into like, I'm in the right mindset to deal with them. Like I'm in a good place where I can actually deal with those issues that I'm ready to be like, all right. Yeah. Let's go, bitches. Let's yeah. let's do some rounds. Yeah, right. and then I'm like, all right, I'll I'll put myself down in that dark spot and I'll do battle with those bitches. But yeah, I uh, that's exactly what I did. Yeah, I actually, I put myself down into that dark spot again. I, I was like, all right, she did some damage to me, and I'm like, yeah, she did. But uh, meh, look at me now. Yeah, I'm better off. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So, how how long was your rehab um, before you know the doctors basically said you can get a donor's set of arms? Like, 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 how does that conversation come into play? It didn't. So, I actually, I was at Walter Reed for two years. I was doing prosthetic. Uh, I was only doing uh, upper prosthetics. I wasn't walking around. So, I, I always, I always ride around on an electric wheelchair. Yep. Uh, lower prosthetics, unfortunately, because of my, um, you know, I, I have like, I have, okay. I just want to make sure everything's in a good state, stable position. <laughs> so like I have my leg, you know? Yep. Yep. But then I don't have a, a left leg. Okay. Yep. So that goes right up to so, your hip. Yep. So that goes like right up into my hip. Ah, ah gotcha. Okay. So like, yeah. Um, so like I was just using um, prosthetics for my arms and everything like that. Yeah. So that's what I was doing for two years is just kind of practicing with arm prosthetics and everything. Gotcha. So that's all I was really doing. Um, and that just took two years. And then eventually I was like, all right, guys, I'm done. 
And they're like, okay. And I just left Walter Reed and, uh, I moved out to Virginia and I one day looked at a hospital. I wanted to see how the guy in Spain, how he was doing to see, you know, how he was doing. Cause he had received a double leg transplant. Yeah. And, uh, all of a sudden I, I was trying to do a Google search on him and it came up with this hospital up in Boston and I started calling them up and everything. And, um, they were like, Hey, this was, you know, around December, around November of 2013. And when I left Walter Reed, by the way, it was like November yeah, yeah. of 2012. Um, and, uh, so basically a year after I left Walter Reed, they were like, um, of they're like, Hey, why don't you come up and, you know, get tested, but let's wait until, you know, the next year because all the holidays. So I, uh, I went up to, uh, I went up to Walter Reed and every, or I'm sorry, I went up to Boston and I got tested for the arm transplant. And, um, yeah, I've, yeah, I've had the, had the, uh, arms for, yeah, I, I'm sorry. I got tested for the arm transplant and everything. I had to go through all these like tests, uh, get my blood tested and, all this other stuff and uh, psychological exams and everything like that. And just basically just, yeah, just a whole bunch of other stuff. Yeah. John, um, who did the arms come from? Like, who was the donor? Uh, the donor, I can't remember his age exactly, but the donor, uh, so not everybody knows who their donor is. Some of the patients, okay. some, yeah, of of the patients some of the donors actually want to remain anonymous. Yeah. Um, or some of the donors' families want to remain anonymous. But when I had my press conference, I did the whole, I think I did the whole military tradition, but either that or it's what I said. Um, his dad actually stepped forward yep. and said, Hey, I need to tell you something because you see those arms of yours are my son's Chris. Oh, wow. Uh, so his son, Chris was born with a br- rare brain, de- uh, rare brain defect, which caused, um, and I can't remember if it's seizures or strokes, but uh, he was blind. Well, not full blind, but like really had really bad high, eyesight and uh, high functioning autism. And uh, like by the age of five, he was playing Beethoven on the piano. Seven, he was playing like Aerosmiths on the guitar. Wow. wow. And then his parents moved away, but he was living at like a long-term living facility. And then the day that he died, he went to go tell his aide, like, Hey, he wasn't feeling well. And this is scary, man. It is like really scary to think about this, but like, he's like, Hey, I'm not feeling well. I'm going to go lay down next thing. Like the next day, he, like his aide went to go wake him up. He is like, he was pronounced brain dead because like a brain aneurysm exploded in his head. I'm like, fuck no, that's great. The frequency that I have headaches, like just all of a sudden waking up saying, or like saying like, Hey, I'm not feeling well. I'm going to sleep. Next thing you know. Yeah. Heavy that's, that's great. That's hectic. And, yeah. um, the operations to get, get your new hands. Um, what, what did, what did that involve? Like, obviously, cause you got your hands, you got your, all the, all the fingers, the tendons, um, you know, yeah. it's, it's, it's fucking crazy. It's like, that's, it's just incredible medical science. Look incredible. <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, it was about 16 hours. Uh, I think there's like a team or four different teams of doctors rotating in and out. Um, I think like 20 doctors or something like that. Fuck. So like each team was working on, you know, one arm. 
So like, I'm sorry, they're working on both arms at the same time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it yeah. wasn't like, you know, one arm at a time. Basically, no, I don't want to portray myself like that. But basically, I, I was like this. Okay. <laughs> I was literally like this. This is how I was hanging out, like not hanging out because I wasn't awake. <laughs> like, that's how I was like on the operating table for like 16 hours. It was just wow. like, yeah. I, I missed a whole, I mean, not, not the, not, it's not sad that I missed a whole day, but I mean, <laughs> it's like, eh, what's today? It's like, oh, by the way, you missed 16 hours. I'm like, oh, well, that's great. Yeah. Cause like in the entire world, there's like, you'd probably know more. How many people I was just have gone that. through that same procedure? But procedure. And I know that a couple have rejected, like their bodies have rejected. So you're one of the only few in the world with Sinos' limbs. Uh, so like, I know when I had it, there was 80. I'm not sure now, though. Yeah. So that's the weird thing. Yeah. That's, you know, out of 7 billion people in the world, you know. Is there is there any plans to get legs as well, or are you happy with prosthetics, or you're not going to do it? You know, to be honest, like, there's been people that ask me, like, are you going to go back and get legs? I'm like, nah, because you got to think about, man, like, here's the thing. First off, I'm turning 36 next month. Yeah. Second thing is, like, I, what is it, like, the, I think, I like, the one thing is like, you know, how do you rate people as successful? And like, I actually rate people as successes, how I rate people and how they're successful. is like how they value, like how they utilize their time. And I've looked at how I've utilized my time. And I wouldn't say I, I've used a lot of my time in a hospital or in a hospital kind of setting. It's either like, for instance, two years recovering, I. Uh, Two years of recovering from my first injury in TBI, two years of recovering from uh, my quad amputation, and then another two years of therapy for an arm transplant recovery. I mean, I'm grateful for the like function that I have and everything like that. I just, I mean, you're 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 never sure and you're never guaranteed like what functionality you'll have if the surgery will even work. First That's off, it. yeah. Second off, they can't even do my left leg. Yeah. So what's the point? Yeah, exactly. Um, and then third off, it's like if it doesn't work, they have to remove not only the leg, but they also have to remove more of what you originally had. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. So it would have been better if I received some of Chris. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Like, yeah, gotcha, just, gotcha. Point, it's just, yeah. It's too, yeah. Um, just in regards to your hands, how's, how's the dexterity? Uh, I mean, I got like a, I got like a four hour drive next Thursday up to Boston all by myself. So yeah, right. Fuck. That's going to be fun. Can't wait for that. So obviously like your car set up for like hand, hand control. So, um, accelerate yeah. and brake is up on the steering column. Yeah. So, I mean, it's not bad, but I mean, I'm not able to be like a chef or anything like that, unfortunately. Yeah, because that's what you want it to be, isn't it? Yeah. Yep. Up there, with, up, up there with Bobby Flay. <laughs> <laughs> nah, Bobby Flay is over it. <laughs> <laughs> with those, I, in- I wanted to be. Uh, I wanted to be Giada's uh, sous chef. Yeah, Ooh. I'd like to be uh, Gordon Ramsay. <laughs> Yeah, he just, yeah. he just hates everyone and yells at everyone. Uh, no, I I just want to meet Gordon Ramsay. Yeah. Be happy with that. Yeah, fuck yeah. 
With those uh, hospital visits, John, was that all covered through the Marines? In Australia, we have DVA, so Department of Veteran Affairs. Was yours covered in the, in the same yeah, sort veteran of Yeah, Veteran Affairs, VA. They call yeah. it the VA. Oh, they call it VA. Okay, cool. So, uh, so like, that's the one thing. So, like, the arm transplant was experiment is experimental. Oh, and it's okay. just because this whole FDA. So, we have what's called the FDA, mm. Food, Drug, administration which they're so ass backwards sometimes it's like so many um, so many milligrams or so many grams amount of bugs can be in your cereal it's like blah 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 yeah <laughs> it, it's just i don't understand them anyway uh the arm transplant still considered experimental so what that means is like my insurance wouldn't pay for it the government wouldn't help pay for it blah 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 um, yes, you're tired. I know. So, um, when it came down to cost and everything, the hospital absorbed or paid for the actual surgery and the inpatient, uh, or at least that's what they told me, but yet I get bills on my insurance, but my insurance does pay for some of the costs, but what they don't cover. So like when I was living in Virginia, um, I have, or like right now, like when I have to travel up there, I have to pay for like hotel, airfare, uh, travel expenses, food, gas, renting a vehicle, that kind of stuff. Yeah. When I first initially started this whole thing, I, I did the mathematical equation and I figured it, I, I like figured it out to be like, $350,000 because it was like staying into like a hotel, um, for a week each, each time I went up there, the hotels have gotten more and more expensive. I think every time, like, yeah, they are. I literally just booked my hotel. I, I, like I said, I just, I have to go up there next Thursday. So for instance, I'm going up there next, I'm driving up there Thursday next week. I'm driving up there. I'm checking in Thursday. My appointment is Friday. And then I'm leaving Saturday. My whole freaking stay for two days is about $650. Wow. American dollars, of course. Yeah. It's been a thousand. It's not at a nice place. It's at a. eh, eh. Yeah. That's fucked up. Yeah, I, I literally just booked some uh, accommodation in Vegas. I fly to uh, America on Tuesday, so I'll be there for three months. And uh, yeah, it was expensive for three days in Vegas. How much? A lot. Close to that, yeah, six hundred and fifty bucks for about Fuck me, two or three days. And that's not including um, hotel fees slash resort fees. No, it's just like because that's uh, it. Must be because of something to do with COVID or the Biden administration. No, they're saying it's because like people are traveling more often. I'm like, are they? Are they? <laughs> are they though? Yeah. Are they really? <laughs> um, yeah. Right. So that's, that's, uh, that's hectic. Let's, let's touch on your book. You've released a book in 2019 uh, called uh, rebuilding Sergeant Peck. Um, yeah, that was funny. Yeah. Right. So that just, that runs through your whole, your whole story, including your re- uh, rehab and, Yep. Yeah. Right. Um, how's how's that how's that been received? I saw uh, Donald uh, Donald Trump. Has he got a copy? He's got a copy. Yeah, he's got a copy. We can see that here. Yeah. I, uh, stalker <laughs> boys. How, uh, how how is Donald? Is, how is, is he, Donald? Is he, is he, is he a good he bloke or what? 
No, you know what though? So like, I'm pretty sure you guys got like the classes, the basic classes on like body language and stuff like that. Yeah. When you're in the military. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like yeah, definitely. All right. So like, I know this sounds silly, but like when you look into like somebody's eyes, like, you know, that whole saying, like a person's eyes are like the windows into their soul. And like, I'm taking the politics away from it, but because like, I'm, I'm more of like a middle ground with like conservative leanings. Like as long as you don't like fuck with my family, like, yeah. and don't fuck with my rights, then we're good. Exactly. That That's, that's kind of how I am. But like, the thing is, I was like, I, I, first off how I met him was he did a surprise like visit did not like to let the press know that he was coming to Walter Reed, just surprise to Walter Reed. Yeah. Right. And the press got wind of it and they like tried to bombard Walter Reed. Yeah. And this was early. This was like around things. It was around winter, uh, like Christmas or something. Cause there was gingerbread houses up and all of a sudden he shows up. Not he all of a sudden because we had to get screened. But that was the very first time I met him. And I got Sarah Huckabee Sanders' card because I was so happy to meet her because I was like, she's the fucking boss. Like, as I think any feminist or any woman should be happy of what she's doing. But yet you can't be happy because who she is, because who she supports. If you understood, like, her family dynamic, you would see that she's a strong person. Like, she's supporting, like, I think two kids or three kids not supporting, but like, you know what I mean? She's got two or three kids and then a husband, like she's a strong ass motherfucker. Like, come on. Yeah. And then like, I got her card and I was like, Hey Sarah, like, so my book just came out and I really, really would love to be able to come to the white house and like present you. Oh my God. I forgot her aides name, your aide, Janet. And you know, President Trump with the book. It would mean so much to me if, you know, if you guys were available, let me know. I know you guys are soup. Like, you know, we always messaged. It wasn't just out of the blue. It was yeah. just like, we always messaged. Um, she's like, oh my God, this would be great. Let me know. You know, she got back to me. She's like, hey, you know, I'm not sure if President Trump will be available, but, you know, it, you know, you can come by, um, present me and Jen with the book. That'd be great. So we, we, you know, we presented uh, Sarah and Janet a book and the chief of staff, you know, came in, we were just hanging out and they're like, Hey, you want to, you want to, you know, see the Oval Office? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> and so here we are, Sarah and me and the chief of staff and Jess, we're just hanging out in the freaking Oval Office just chilling there. I just got this book, my book signed to president Trump. I was just going to like put it on his desk. <laughs> I like, boop, just yeah. get the name of the desk. And I really should know this. Like I, I, I really cannot believe I resolute resolute. Oh my God. Why can I not remember the freaking name of the desk? Come on. Well, it actually has a name. Yeah. yeah I don't even know. I didn't. It, know it really, it, it's, it's the famous desk. Okay. We'll Google it. It's, it's almost like a, it's, it's a treasure. I think it's the resolute desk. Um, anyway, so I was just going to plop it on the desk and just leave it there. Yeah. So when he walks in, he would see it. Resolute desk. You were correct. Um, Sarah was like, yeah, I don't think he's going to be able to make it because he's meeting with the president of China. I'm like, it's not a big deal. I understand dude's busy, you know, (laughs) he's busy. He's just making, you know, he has jobs. He has jobs to do. And, uh, all of a sudden 
the the door not that I walked in through, but the door to the side just opens and I peek through and there's the freaking president of China or whatever his title is just <laughs> sitting there. I'm just like like what the hell's going on? Like I what do I do? And I, at one point, by the way, I may, I've met the prime minister of freaking Israel. Yeah. Again, just like, I feel weird. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and President Trump just walks in through this door. And I'm just like, hello, sir. Hey, I, I, I know I'm supposed to call him. Hello, Mr. President. I just, I can, I, for some reason, my military brain switches. And it's just yeah. like, even still, even as a military guy, I'm still supposed to call him. Hello, Mr. President. Yeah. It's just like, hello, sir. He's like, I remember you. And he always, the one thing he's always asked me, he's like, which hands one, which, which arms your strongest hand again? I'm like my right hand, sir. He's like, all right, give me your right hand. He shakes my right hand because he knows like I have dexterity issues. He's yeah. like, all right. Um, so I was like, Sarah, I have a gift for you. And I was like, I wanted to present you with my book and everything. And he's like, awesome. So I presented him with my book and, you know, he, that's when he like tweeted it out. But here's the thing. Like I, look, I actually looked into the man's eyes because we had a chance to talk. And again, the the, the president of China He's is next literally door. <laughs> in the room next door waiting for the guy to walk back in. He's just sitting there chilling with me for like the next 10 minutes. Yeah. I love that. It's awesome. <laughs> I'm just like, sir, do you need to get back to me? He's like, nah, he can wait. Should I just roll in there be like, <laughs> look at me. I'm the captain now. <laughs> <laughs> but like, I looked in this man's eyes and like, I can tell that like, he actually like loves America and like, yeah. no matter what you believe, like, I feel like he just wants to do what's best for America. That's it. Like, that I mean, that's all I'm going to say. Like, he just wants to try to do what he thinks is best for America. Yeah, awesome. And I just, like, and that's what he thinks he's yeah, trying to I do. I see it, mate. I see it. We see it. A but, lot of us Aussie uh, veterans here in Australia, we see it. We love Trump. Yeah. It is. I mean, it's is. just, I know, like, in, like, I know, like, I know, like, probably living overseas, though, like, you guys probably just get, like, the bad news and we everything do. like that. We do. But we see the truth. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Cause like right now it's just like some people, it's just like, I'm trying to tell people, especially we have something called this consumer index, yeah, which is basically our inflation. I'm like, so guys, how's yeah. that inflation doing? Yeah. <laughs> it's uh, it's yeah. inflating. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. Good old Donald Trump. <laughs> just making the president of China wait. He can wait. <laughs> like I love that. He can wait. China. Yeah, he, uh, China. He, I mean, he sent out a tweet about it and everything. And I mean, I, I'm, I'm that type of person. I mean, like on the documentary and shit like that, I even went through the comments on there. Like, I think I stopped though, because I, I don't even know what the views are at anymore. I, I, I stopped. Yeah. But like, I even went on his tweet and everything. And like, there are people like even Democrats who said, you know, of course, you're going to have the haters and everything, but they're like, you know, you're never going to read it. So why are you tweeting about it? But like, you know, I don't agree with you publicly about your politics and shit, but like, I'm, you know, I'd read this book just because of his story. Yeah. That uh, video, John, has got 3 million views in, in one month. Is that the one titled The Man with Another Man's Arms? Oh, uh, no, it's Our Life. Oh, I'll have to check it out. Well, that, that one's got millions. Oh, yeah. uh, then yeah. No, no, no. The our life, uh, the our life one is yeah, like that's it, yeah, yeah, yeah. The our life one is like yeah three point. It was like three point two when I stopped freaking. Ah, right. Yeah. 
That's incredible. Um, mate, we've been talking for a good hour and 10 minutes and it's been absolutely incredible, mate. Like to, just to share well. your story. Yeah, funny as hell as well. And um, just to share your story from, you know, where you began through to your military life, obviously the incidents that you had occurred, especially your, you know, TBI and then um, your quad amputation. And then to the, you know, the incredible way the doctors obviously attached a couple of <laughs> so, again, for the listeners, his cat's just uh, plonked itself on him, and he's he's gone out cold. He's gone to sleep. Um, yeah, so just in regards to you know, doctors uh, giving you uh, you know a new hope with uh, two new hands um, from a from a donor, and um, it's just been like I just don't know what to say. Like it's been fucking awesome, simple, and like my, and the the first incident in two thousand and seven, a lot of people would have. Would have bloody called it, called it quits there. Yeah, and uh, for you to go back out there, mate, and fight the fight again, um, yeah, that's 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 fucking wild. Yeah. So for our guests, we have two final questions. We ask, we ask. Um, our first question is, you know, what advice can you give to people to just fucking keep on keeping on? Like again, there's no better person in this entire fucking world, I can tell you right now, than you to tell people. You know, you've been down to the slums of you know thinking about suicide, and then you've turned it around, and you know you're killing it now. You, you know, yeah. you, you, have, at, you have a cat. <laughs> you, have, you have a cat sleeping on you, and you've got the the beautiful views of uh, New York. So, like, I don't know, like I said, like I I swallowed. The one thing I've learned is like I swallowed my demons. I'm not gonna lie, I swallowed them and I put them in my pit of my stomach. I like basically compartmentalized them and put them into a box, and I shoved away the key. I mean, I think that's fine. Um, but you know, you, you can't just like never deal with them. They're they're never gonna go away. Eventually there's going to be a day when like somebody, something's going to happen. You're going to spill a glass of milk. You're going to do something. You're going to get into an accident. Your dog's going to die. Something's going to happen. And all of a sudden those demons are going to just be like, Oh, you're having a bad day. Why? Hello, motherfucker. And it's just going to be like, (laughs) and it's just going to be like, they're back to fucking haunt you. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you're awake now. Thank you for making my crotch all sweaty. I appreciate it. fucking hairball oh god there's so much hair you're gonna have to deal with those demons eventually i would just suggest maybe getting to more stable ground yep um the one thing i don't do however is i really don't like i don't i don't really sweat with like the small stuff yeah like i was talking to this one person the other day and oh she uh man she like saw her brother die from cancer and uh she had some sexual assault issues and I don't think she's dealt with that stuff properly. She's undervalued those things. She kind of like, just like, I don't know how to put it, but uh, I dropped my like $600 tablet on the ground. She's like, <gasps> like, why, what, like, why would you do that? I'm like, it's meaningless. Yeah. It's a $600 tablet. It can be replaced. I don't care. It, it means nothing to me. Yeah, exactly. Shit that happened to you though. Like that shit you need, you need, you need to process that. Yeah. Seeing your brother die from cancer and you know, the shit that happened to you with the sexual assault, like that's, that's a little bit more important than my $600 tablet. Yeah. Uh, I like, Oh no, I, I, I get frustrated a lot, but like, I'm not going to sit there and be like, I'm not, I'm just not going to sit there and sweat the small stuff. Uh, if I feel myself getting frustrated, I'll be like, okay, well, I'm going to take myself out of the situation and I'm going to go away and do something else. Yeah. So I just, I don't really sweat the small stuff at all. I just, I don't know. I just, I really don't. First world, pro- first world problems, isn't it? 
Yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, that's 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 perfect. That, that there's no better better way to put it. Yeah, and our second question. Uh, I'm getting. <laughs> and our second question is: What are your plans for, for the future? And yeah, like, what does the future, oh, future hold? So I actually became recently. I'm just waiting for my letter of intent. <laughs> um, I actually became the director of Veterans Affairs for this company, Aurora, who we've designed an app. Uh, and it's got, uh, VR, uh, and AI and it's an app, of course. Um, basically it's for mental health addiction. Um, what other aspects do it have? But basically what it can do is this app, uh, uses voice recognition and your smartwatch. So what you do is every day you sign on to this app, it will, you can incur points. Um, uh, basically like we've teamed up with celebrities. Uh, I'm not going to say MGM, but I'm just going to use them for an example. Yep. But you can use these points to get like a free trip to Las Vegas. Like you mentioned Las Vegas yeah. with yeah. some points. Uh, you can get like face. We have partnerships with Steve-O, I believe. So you can get like a FaceTime with like Steve-O and stuff like this. <laughs> yeah, see, it's uh, awesome. Stuff like that. But so what this app does is like, it partners with uh, with mental health experts, and it's like a diagnostic tool. But what it does is using like your smartwatch and like your speech patterns, it can tell like things that are out of sync. So using your smartwatch, it'll be like you know it'll ask you certain questions like how was your work day, and it'll be like uh, it'll ask you you know say like how was your work day. Well, like let's say you were like had alcohol, you're addicted to alcohol, your mental health expert would go into the app and say, you know, John Peck's addicted to alcohol or an alcoholic. Um, it'd be like, you know, I had a great day. Um, you know, I had a very productive day. The app would say, did you go out with friends and have a drink? Uh, I would say, no, I did not have a drink. The app would, you know, connect to my smartwatch and be like, why did your heartbeat spike? When you said no, and why did your voice spike? Yeah, right. When you said no, fucking no. And it kind of be like, eh, those are kind of like red flags, kind of thing. So there's like all these little things that they're going to start looking into. Um, there's all these like little programs that we're starting to do and stuff like that. Um, but I've also I'm now the part um now the director of the Veterans Affairs side of it and everything like that. So. As uh, with the U.S. side, we have people who like to try to claim things that they don't have. Yeah. Uh, PTSD is one of them because it's such an easy thing to trick over here. Yeah. Um, Or we're going to use it to kind of possibly help the VA try to uh, help uh, clean up like bogged, basically like bogged down systems. Yeah, go Stuff like that. So we hope to help uh, the VA try to clean up their systems and stuff like that. And what's that called again, John? Sorry. It's called Aurora. It's not uh, available to the actual consumer right now. Unfortunately, we have to, there's something that they have to do to clean, uh, to remove, they have to remove, I'm not on the tech side. So unfortunately I don't know. They have to remove like one little portal or something like that. It's only available to, I forget the acronym B2B. It's only open to facilities right now. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, but I know it's like they're. Ba- I don't know why they're not opening it up to consumers yet. I I really don't know why they haven't opened it up to consumers yet. 
I'm like, why aren't you guys doing this to consumers yet? Yeah, exactly. But I think it's like, if you go to like meet a U R a, and then period I O or something like that. I think it's the I O not com. Okay. Yeah. You should be able to see it. Yeah. It's pretty cool. We'll we'll definitely check it out. Yeah, for sure. Um, John, mate, thank you for the last hour and a half. It's, um, it's been awesome. Yeah. If, um, if anyone wants to get in touch with you, how can they do that through your website through? Nope. Nope. Actually. So it's kind of Instagram actually. Instagram. (laughs) Yeah. All right, uh, just search uh, John Peck and you'll find him on Instagram. Hit him up and uh, uh, yeah. So you, I think actually my Instagram's kind of weird though. So it's uh, actually my handle is uh, quad. So Q U A D and then the number two. <laughs> oh, is it? Yeah, right. Quad two double amp. Oh yeah, it does come up, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. John M Peck, <laughs> <laughs> Mad Dog. Yeah, right. And obviously, if you want to get his book, head to uh, Amazon.com and. Uh, is it still up? Yeah, head yeah, just Google it. Google it, uh, rebuilding Sergeant Peck, and you'll find oh, his book. Yeah. Definitely get out there and buy it, and uh, I'll be getting a copy. That's for sure, and uh, having a read. Cool, sounds good, guys. Happy days, John, mate. Thank you again, mate. It's um, this this one has 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 been good. Yeah, it's the first absolutely, one, yeah. absolutely awesome. It's fucking. Uh, do you reckon you're gonna go to the, like the um, do like um, a pa- Paralympic sport? Uh I got to get back in shape, if anything. Okay. Uh, I'm, like I said, I've been working out, so yeah, I got to get my ass back in shape. I used to be a really good swimmer, believe okay. it or not, Yeah. even without arms, but with these arms now, they're kind of awkward. Okay, right. Yeah. Hmm. Well, but anyway. That means I have to shave my beard, and I, I don't know. Slow you down a bit. <laughs> keep it. Keep it. It looks good. Yeah, awesome, mate. Well, appreciate your time again, and appreciate you, you know, letting us speak to you and share share your story, especially here in Australia. Because uh, oh yeah, well, thanks, guys. I appreciate it. People are gonna love to hear it. Well, thanks, guys. I really appreciate it. Awesome, no worries, John. Thanks, thanks mate. mate. You're a legend. Catch ya. All right, thanks, man. How about that, Shane? Mate, that was that was cool. From hearing Paul the Gelder, Curtis McGrath, and to this guy, um, it's yeah, especially cool. John. You know, he lost. His- he lost all. All limbs, all, and then got two hands, two two donors, you know. Yeah. And he even said he's well, he won't get legs because it's just it's not feasible, I suppose. And yeah. I, it'd be too much risk on his life, you know, if there's a complication. Yeah. And as he said, he can't have a left leg anyway because he's it's all up to the all hip. the way up to the oh, hip. it's like the groin, yeah, to the groin. So, which is fucking and ridiculous. it's like if like it's amazing that in 2007 he got hit with an ID. And he lost memory loss, sorry. Yeah, TBI. And, and then he re-enlisted for the Marines and had to do all his initial training again. And then he went back to Afghanistan in 2010 um, was when that happened, the incident. Yeah. So it's, yeah. I think a lot of a lot of guys serving would have had that the first blast and just called, called it quits, you know. But the American Marines, mate, they're just a whole, whole different breed. Yeah, they're badass. And, you know, he gets straight back into it and then – you know, re- rehab for his brain took two years and rehab in Walter Reed for his, uh, a- you know, amputations. That yeah. was another two years. Yeah, yeah. And then continuing, oh, like, it's it'd be never-ending um, rehab. No. And then he gets his uh, donor's uh, new hands and then that's another couple of years of And now he's still going through, obviously, yeah. um, rehab and exactly um, physical therapy, et cetera. It's pretty, it's pretty shit, though, like, since it's an experimental procedure – yeah, no it, one covers it. No, which is it's fucking bullshit. It's, it's, Especially the American Defense Force. Surely, you know, yeah. 
They got that much fucking money that you just throw around the country. Yeah. Oh, surely like anyway, but. That's it. And, uh, you know, but yeah. in saying that, as he said, you know, he, he did spiral down, you know, the black black yeah. hole for a bit. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he, he fought through it. and You can understand why, though, as well. It's, oh, you can definitely oh, understand why he goes down the rabbit break, hole. And, yeah. It's for what he from what he's gone through, he's like mentally, I reckon he's doing well. That's why, like, you know, that last question, that second last question we ask him, like, there's no better person to get inspiration from than that bloke. Yeah. Or, he, you know, he blokes lived, like Curtis and blokes yeah. like, you know, Paul to get, you know, even a lot of the other boys as well. But, you know, these guys that have gone through They've such trauma, traumatic, yeah. you know, experiences and their lives lives do change forever. Yeah, exactly. To, to Yeah. Which is absolutely incredible. And, he, you know, he got, he got to hang out with uh, DT. Trumpy. DT. Yeah, yeah. How, how cool is that? Yeah, in 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 the Oval Office yeah, while yeah. Um, he was on the phone to the yeah. Chinese. Uh, no, he president. was next door. He was, he was in the he room. Was, sorry, he was in the room. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, buddy, Trumpy boy. Oh, Trump, and you know, John Peck said it. You know, he can see into his uh, into his soul of yeah. Donald Trump and said he's just a man of men of his words. And the and fact that he went to the hospital to see him and didn't and didn't and make a whole fucking fuss about him. It. Exactly, he went there without a fuss, and the media didn't even know he was there. That's it. So. That's that's um, what's things you don't see. In the, in the news here in Australia, do you? If that was Biden, he would have been uh, ooh, uh, ooh, uh, <laughs> He, he would have forgotten where he went. They would have said, come on, mate, come over here. <laughs> this is the fucking dementia ward. <laughs> this is not the Oval Office. This is Chuck E. Cheese. <laughs> oh, fuck. Um, but, yeah, even actually just throughout that uh, whole interview as well, he had his cat there. So if you, with some yeah. of that gibberish, I mean, he was calling us Bubba. Yeah. It wasn't us. He wasn't calling us I Bubba. I think that's his sort of way, that's his service dog sort of thing. It's yeah. Service cat, even though it is, but um, yeah, the the video will say, you know, he, he loves that cat. And, yeah. Um, it's, it helps him through. Yeah, I'm sure it does. And uh, yeah, we all love cats. We do. Cats. We do. If you want to, you know, reach out to him, as you said, you can get onto his uh, Instagram. It was quad to double- Amputee, I think he's yeah. just punching John Peck. Yeah, punching John Peck, it'll come up. Otherwise, um, you can find him on our Instagram page through our link tree. Um, yeah, we'll link we'll link his uh, Instagram and social through there, and his web page yeah. where you can uh, grab his book as well. Otherwise, head to Amazon and uh, do a, do a Google search on uh, rebuilding uh, Sergeant Peck and his YouTube as well. There's a YouTube video. There's a YouTube. Um, yeah, I actually watched that today before this podcast. Yeah. Um, it is it is. Pretty cool. That's awesome. Yeah, definitely, definitely get his book and support the guy because you know he's uh, you know he's served served his country and you know he's just a motivational person. Yeah, he is. But um, if you yeah. want to you know have a listen to our podcast, you know head to our social media zerolimitspodcast.com. That's not our social media. That's our website. You can yeah. head to our social media, which is just Zero Limits uh, Podcast, and on Facebook, face, or Facey or the Gram. Yeah. Otherwise, just head to Spotify and Apple Podcasts and all those other ones and just type in Zero Limits Podcast. It'll come up with all our episodes. We've had some pretty interesting people on, you know, like the likes of, you know, Sergeant John Peck through to uh, John Straker Mayer. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Vietnam veteran and, you know, uh, people like Stephen Court, just our <laughs> local local everyday hero here in Australia. You can only fuck with the dick you got. <laughs> yeah, fuck with the dick you got. <laughs> uh, but, guys, if you guys have anyone that you've worked with in the Defence Force or you know someone who's had a cool story, it doesn't have to be military-related, um, if they've got a cool story or if they're too shy to um, get in contact with us, give us their de- details and we'll get in contact with yeah. them. But um, yeah. we're always after someone else who who has a cool story. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So just – you know, messages and let us know. And yeah. if you can, head to uh, Apple Podcasts and leave us a review as well. Always helps. Yeah. 
Thank you. See you next time. Wait, wait, wait. Now, quickly, just before you go, I want to tell you about Three Zeros Coffee. Now, as you know, I like my coffee how I like my men, long and black. <laughs> However, lately, I've moved into the cold brews. I'm loving it, obviously, because the weather here in Australia at the moment is quite hot. So what I've been doing is using the seasoned campaigner pour-over filter bags, literally rip open the packet, put the filter bag over my coffee mug, few ice cubes, pour in some hot water, let it cool down, add a sugar or two just to make it sweet, and I fucking love them. Honestly, you get the kick that you need out of the caffeine, and the taste is great. So if you want to get yourself a supply of coffee, head over to 30scoffee.com.au. From there, you can choose whatever you want. You've got the beans, you've got the pour-over filter bags, you've got some merchandise, and just to let you know that a percentage of their sales is – forwarded to organizations that support first responders. So while you're getting your coffee, you're doing a good deed by getting some of this money to the first responders and where it needs to go. While you're there, don't forget to use the discount code 3ZLIMITS. Now look in our buyer, you see that discount code, use it, get your discounts. So again, jump on to 30scoffee.com.au and grab yourself a supply.